Hello world, welcome back to Here in the Void, the only podcast. My name is Brett, and I'll be one of your hosts this week. My name is Michael, and I've noticed that I say the word like a lot in this podcast, so I'm really going to try to fix that, because if it irks you, it irks me. I'm James. Uh, there's a warrant out for my arrest in 48 of 50 states. I've not been to Alaska or Arkansas. <laughs> you can't say that. And my name's Jeffrey, and I bought two foot-long Subway sandwiches today. Mad respect Yum. for that. Were they both for you? Thank you. One for yes, lunch, one for dinner? Absolutely. Uh, no, one's That's for That's what I'm talking about. What kind of sandwich is it? What were these sandwiches? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the one I had for dinner tonight was a steak and cheese. And then the one for tomorrow. Not is no steak. Italian BMT love today? That's the best one. <laughs> no. Oh. I'm not a fan of the Italian Well, it's BMT. been a long week out there, but you I'm made it. <laughs> <laughs> you made it back to Spotify or Anchor or wherever you listen to this show. You made it back to the only place where we talk for an hour. Except an hour was too long for some people. We got some feedback saying that you wanted shorter episodes. So this episode we're actually splitting in two, uh, and there will be an intermission. Um, so be on the lookout for that intermission. And then I also want to say thank you very much to Connor, our first call-in. Um, we're going to play his question now, and we're going to talk about it. So congratulations, you will go down in history as being the first person to submit a voice message to hear in the void. My question is, what is the best Paramore song, and why is it Grow Up from Self-Titled? I have an immediate answer to this. Uh, I'm not going to say one specific song. I'm going to say uh, the the best Paramore album is that all we know is falling. I will not be taking any further questions. Thank you. The best Paramore song, I don't even remember what he said, but the best Paramore song is uh, uh, Ignorance. So, his premise is flawed in my opinion. Is that like the, when you point your finger, it'll point into the mirror song? No. Alright, cool. (laughs) Ignorance? (laughs) Good try. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know Paramore at all, I just know they're a rock band and I have not listened to them much, so I'm not qualified. Uh, I also disagree with Connor, it's, I mean... It's got to be Ain't It Fun. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. All right. I mean, just the quintessential Paramore song. Well, in conclusion, Connor, you suck, buddy. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Don't ask a he question again. <laughs> that they're the listeners are going to think that when they ask questions, they're just going to get roasted, but that's not going to happen. There's only, only a couple people that will only get roasted. Yeah. Never try that again. Never put me in that kind of situation. Never put me in a situation. All right. Well, uh, I've been entrusted to write some segments for this week as i titled uh the document james was allowed to do this uh this could could have eaten <laughs> barely this could have very easily gone off the rails however i took myself seriously for once in my life and uh i will offer a choice to our hosts here would we like to go balls to the wall hot seat yes. random eclectic questions first or would we like to have some heady yes conversations about our dreams and desires first james there's nothing i want more than to discuss my feelings with you all right well seems like uh brett made the decision for us so what i've been ruminating about what i want for my life for a long time now so i figured i'll bring it here too so uh our first question here is okay thank you jeffrey uh (laughs) our first question here is if you didn't have to worry about making money or any of the other annoying formalities of adult life, what would you be spending your time doing? Pirate. 
<laughs> okay, why? I think it'd be really cool to have a boat. And like <laughs> so so you could just own a boat without being a pirate who has to loot other ships to stay alive. Well, I don't want to I want to be like a good pirate. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so then you'd just be somebody who just sails and doesn't rob he wants yeah. to No, he wants to have a children's book written about him, the benevolent pirate. <laughs> the good little pirate boy. If it's a Robin Hood story, I would respect that. Like stealing from really rich people and their ships. I, I would... All right. Well, career advice time. How do I identify a rich ship from a poor ship? One looks pretty. Uh, the Spanish trade galleons of the Caribbean Sea in the time period we're talking about. That's a good. No, one. I'm not talking about going back in time. I mean, like right now. <laughs> oh, God. Look, I'm the captain now. <laughs> You want inspiration? Just watch I that movie. Oh, God. That's a, that's a good, I, no, that's a good I think, I think in all honesty, even if I didn't have to worry about money, I would still be doing what I'm doing now, which is preparing to study medicine. Because I'm more interested in, like, the, the science and humanitarian aspects than the money anyway. The money doesn't hurt, like, knowing that there will be a secure job for me after. But I'm not personally, and a lot of my peers in, in like, going into medicine aren't super into into it for the money because there's easier ways to make that money quite honestly so in this scenario is this is this saying if money wasn't an object or if money wasn't as important and prevalent as it is today in our society i mean i guess either way it doesn't really matter i think the basis is if you had the ability and the capacity to do whatever you wanted whatever made you happy what would what would that be what would you be doing for me, I'd probably just be, I would definitely just be traveling. I would just be going from place to place to place to place without even worrying about anything else in life. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, James, you're just going to answer your own question. There was a moment of silence. I'm sorry, please, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess for me is that I think that I'd still probably want to get into politics and public policy making regardless, because it's not like that's a very well-paying field to begin with anyway. But I do really sympathize. I would love to be able just to travel around the country and just talk to people and their experiences and their life stories and that kind of thing. So it's it's a tough call. I know. What, what I would want to do, I'd want to buy a cabin, save up to buy a cabin in the middle of the woods, but kind of like, you know, throw it a little bit so it's not that far from civilization, but it's still nice and cozy. Just um, lie a little bit about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretend you're immersed in the vast exactly. wilderness, like 35 but, by Yeah, like a nice little cabin that's right outside the city, so you can still I can still go and do theater if I want to, but be able to relax in a nice piece of land in the wilderness or something, write, read. That's what I'd be doing. I'd be relaxing and doing theater. Nothing else. So we're all Renaissance so. men. Yep. That's for sure. We're pirates Renaissance men? Uh, yes. Yeah. Sure. I I would say some of the earliest Renaissance men. Okay. Sure. Cool. The number of cultures they experience. I mean, I don't feel another way. To I write. I don't. I feel like you're wrong, but I don't know enough about the Renaissance to fight you on this one. <laughs> All right. Just just watch Pirates of the Caribbean. You'll get everything you need to know. Yeah. Everything. Those are some good documentaries. Yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell me Jack Sparrow's not a Renaissance man. Well, I thought Renaissance men were people who did like a bunch of things well. He does do a lot I don't of think stuff. He does he gets drunk well. really he's quick. Like, <laughs> he's good at drinking and pirating. He, no, he's not good at pirating. He's the worst pirate they've ever heard of. 
But you have heard of me. Oh, yeah, I have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the selling point. Well, in about the same vein as the last question, we kind of, Jeffrey kind of inched towards this. Uh, it's more of a serious question, less to do with dreams and desires, but it's about the same. Should we move towards a society that is more friendly towards desires and dreams rather than just getting by? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think undoubtedly, because if we move towards a society that facilitated the ability to pursue the things that you love or enjoy and, and dream about every day, you would increase happiness, you would increase productivity, and, you know, in turn, this society we have now, a lot of people aren't getting by. Whereas if we were able to promote the desires and dreams of people, people would be able to get by a lot easier. So not only is it, I think, personally and morally correct, but I think it's better economically, in a sense. Yeah, I resonate with that. I just also think we shouldn't necessarily make realism our god, or just over-obsession about pragmatism, because it very much detracts from what it is to be human. And we're going to have some more questions that I think can unpack that more in like a literary or philosophical sense, but that's just my stab at it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm thinking. I mean, like, obviously, yeah, I think people should be encouraged to follow their dreams. Um, but you also, like, have to get by. Well, yeah. I don't know. I know. I, th- I wrote that question because there are, I know that there are plenty of people that think that struggling is a part of life that you have to experience. Like, and they mean that in a monetary fashion. Oh, yeah, if the question is, like, do you think we should, like, eradicate monetary struggles and let people, like, pursue art and culture and stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, like, in the most ideal, think... like, reformed societies, whatever you want that to mean, people are able to write, make any kind of art, and do so comfortably, even if they would be a starving under- starving artist under our capitalist system we have now. Well, I think something that, like, being, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm, like, huge on, like, the STEM science side of, like, the world um the thing that i hate the most about the stem side of the world is like the kind of casual devaluation of art and artists like if people like me were asked to design the world everything would be like gray and in 12 point times new roman because that's just like (laughs) good enough and i'm not creating like i need people single spaced or double spaced (laughs) uh double spaced justified 12 point oh yeah i can't like draw stuff or like make music i mean I, i can play other people's music kind of but i'm not like an artist on my own are you, I need, are you, we need people like that. Are you devaluing some of your most important work right now? <laughs> I wouldn't describe any of my music as some of my most important work. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, you're, you're acting, too. That's like the epitome of visual art. Yeah, but, like, I just got into that, and also I'm, like, not good enough at it to pursue it as a career. Yeah, okay, I buddy. I don't think. See, the best thing I think about, like, art is that nobody can really be better or worse than others. I guess in some sense they can kind of be, but like that stupid slogan of beauty's in the eye of the beholder, I think does, maybe you shouldn't be so critical of yourself, Brett. Thanks, Michael. Let's not get into the uh, elitism of the arts conversation right now, because we certainly can. Uh, Let's uh, let's keep it from getting too dry here. Let's uh, roll along to another dreamy question. Yeah, like my favorite movie, Hamilton. Like if, if scientists were... I'm in charge of everything. I love, dude. I love that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> the only reason I had Disney Plus. 
Speaking of Disney Plus, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Disney Plus, for sponsoring this episode. (laughs) Type in uh, Here in the Void in the promotion. We do not want we do not want Disney as our sponsor. They cutify everything and they just steamroll all the old fairy tales into these just disgusting messes. Yeah, but we're a disgusting mess that needs to be cutified, so Michael really liked the uh the the racist depiction of an Asian cat in Aristocats. There's a lot of racism in Aristocats. Look up look up clip oh, of yeah. racist cat Aristocats. It's bad. It's Doesn't, really maybe bad. it was never good to be maybe good. later. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you Disney for sponsoring us. Uh, nope. Next question: yeah. What did you want to be when you were a kid? So I guess one thing I want to say is I think it's insane how in this country we have kids like illustrating their careers when they're like in sixth grade and they've been doing that since that age. But that being said, the first thing I illustrated myself as was a baker. I respect Aww. that. I was making donuts. I was a roly-poly young kid, so that is where my mind went to, was the ability to create sweets and distribute Well, wait, why do you think it's dumb that we ask, like, because you're going to have to do something at some point with your life, and, like, no one at sixth grade has, like, a realistic depiction. I want to be a princess. Yeah, but I... Yeah, like, what's wrong with encouraging kids to, like, have a big dream? I guess for me, it causes them to already suffer from workism way earlier than they need to. Like, I just don't see kids having to think about the day when they have to clock into a nine to five for 40 years and that's it. If you're if you saw yourself as an office worker at sixth in sixth grade, definitely email into the show because like I don't know anybody who was like. I don't know, whatever I, I was talking about that with people in class, it was always like, oh, I want to be like a pop star. I don't know. I think it's OK. This reminds me of the video. This kid sees up on stage or some like weird presentation thing for the parents so that they can look at their kid and go, oh, for like an hour. Uh, but he, he he's up on yep. stage and the teacher goes, what do you want to be? And he just goes, leans to the mic, goes, carrot. <laughs> that, that is a kid I want to know. He was so happy. Oh, God. I had something boring. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, before Baker, like probably for the first... 15 years of my life, what I seriously consider was being an artist. And that's what mm. I actually really hoped that I could do with the rest of my life is illustration. And I very quickly learned that that wasn't feasible. And obviously I kind of got drawn into politics in 2016. It is what it yeah. is. I think, I mean, I've always wanted to be, I've always wanted to be a doctor. I grew up in, in a, I, I describe it as like, I grew up in like a family of patients where there's just like a lot of different medical things going on in my family. Um, and so I've kind of just always had like a strong influence from the medical system on my family um and i've always wanted to grow up and be the person that like did the helping and so the people that needed the help um so i think like i'm i'm one of the very few people that has has always known and and have become lucky enough to get the chance to do what i want to do for me the first thing that i wanted to be believe it or not was an interior designer i swear to god that's awesome Every other week, like when I was younger, I would rearrange my room. And I'd be like, this isn't good enough. And I'd, and I'd put my stuff just in a completely different spot than it was. But then I was like, wow, I have no, I have no understanding of this. And so completely diverted from that. And then I actually, I actually wanted to follow in the footsteps of Brett and become a doctor. Wow. And yeah, I volunteered. <laughs> 
I've volunteered hundreds, literally hundreds of hours at my local hospital at the beginning of like my high school career. Found out I hated it. Absolutely <laughs> despised being in a hospital and said, okay, I volunteered hundreds of hours and I don't want to do this. And so that was, that was a, that was a tough realization. And then I took like one science class in high school and realized also I hated it. So, Well, Jeffrey, you haven't lost touch with your feng shui. You're still tapped into it. So yeah. that's worth Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I think it's important to have experiences that, may, that help us along the path like that, you know? Yeah. Going, yeah. oh, no. Sure. <laughs> you know? Well, I think that's, like a, <laughs> yeah. that's like a super important thing is like be okay with unfollowing your dreams too. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how you get to your, to your real dreams, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think it's always important to reflect a little bit, be a little introspective, and think: Is this what I want to do? And not only do that in the face of crisis, but to do that regularly. Just not even in the demeaning. Uh, uh, not not even in a. <laughs> I can't speak. I just. Uh, anyways, but to reflect, be introspective, and not in a demeaning. I hate my life. Not in a Dominion way. Not in a Dominion way, you know. <laughs> Dominion voting machines. Dominion. <laughs> <The> machines. <laughs> they took the parts and replaced them with oh, other wait, parts. Yeah, he's gone. Stop talking about him. Just let oh, him yeah, fade sorry. away. Anyways, but to reflect, you know, I, I think it's important to do that because I've known a handful of people that have gone through the majority of the process that they need to get the job they want only right at the end to go, fuck. You know, and realize it's not what they wanted, and and it's it's a damn shame. Yeah. So what we're saying is, quit your job. (laughs) Yeah. So So, I mean, one small silver lining is that, like, the 21st century job market, you're likely going to hold a few different occupations, maybe generally within the same discipline. But I think that's a bright side. I mean, there's it's a small silver lining for our economy, which by the large part sucks to go into. But at least you'll have the option to try some different. Absolutely. And I answered my own question. I don't remember what I wanted to be when I was very, very young. I really don't. I have no idea. Um, when I started getting nudged along in like literally elementary school uh, to start thinking, uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'll do an, I'll do like electrical engineering. I think technology is cool." <laughs> I had trades, little. Yes. No, if you're an electrical engineer, power do you? But uh, I had little to no interest in that. I was just like, "Oh, this is my answer for this." And even going, even going into high school, there were things that I was good at, and I didn't know what I wanted. Oh, oh! In high school, I wanted to be a linguist. I thought that was cool. Oh, dude, lingu- linguistics. Right. So I, awesome. I thought that was dope. Uh, never you really pursued that though. But you could have been one of the people they consulted to write the minion language for Despicable Me. <laughs> Far more impressive several than linguists. the real language. They <laughs> yeah, they people work on that process. Several linguists worked on minionese. Far, far more impressive than uh, Tolkien's the- languages. <laughs> How dare! I was just about to bring him up. Don't you dare shit on Elvish like that, bro, or Orc, or any of it. What's the? Is it Dragon Tongue from Skyrim? Is there? Is there a? Is there a proper term for that? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. I'm blanking right now. I, hey Siri. So I looked up another one of our sponsors. <laughs> Thanks, I looked Apple. up min. I definitely looked up minion language. Um, and. <laughs> I found an article called "These Pickup Lines in the Minionese Language Will Definitely Woo Your Minion Loving Partner." Could you what? read one or two for us? Yeah. So this one, I, I don't understand any of this, but this says 
your hand looks heavy, let me hold it for you. And then in Minyanese, that translates to Tuna Bismui, seat me not peak nunuto. <laughs> I, I don't understand. On a more important note, the dragon language is referred to by fans as a number of things. It's just called Dragon Draconic Dragon Tongue Dova, which is my favorite, which is Dova Keen, which makes sense for the intro. But wow, that's really cool. odd that there's, I mean, there's pretty much a whole language. I knew somebody who knew it uh, in high school, but there's not, like, a legitimate, like, name for it. That's, like, a the canon one or whatever. Did you ever know anyone who spoke Minion? Not yet. Oh. Well, Brett, you can be the first. Uh, no, I have literally anything else to do, so I unfortunately... <laughs> sure? I can't believe you think something else is more that. important. Honestly. <laughs> Hit that at this podcast every week, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Brett, one. Brett discriminates against minions. You heard it Retweet. here first. Yeah, I hate minions, so and I'm okay with that. I'm a proud minionist. The next question I, I wrote is, uh, what piece of art? And I'm going to loosely define that. It doesn't doesn't matter what medium it is. It doesn't need to be a painting. It could be a song, a movie, a book, a video game, whatever you want. Um, what piece of art speaks to you most and why? And like I said, I include video games in that. For Oh god, what a question. For me, I think the one that that speaks to me most, the thing that I most connect with is probably music. Without a doubt. I, I definitely enjoy like going to a museum. I've been to the Cleveland Museum multiple times. I really like that, but the thing that really gets to me and touches me and I feel in tune with is is definitely music yeah I mean I, th- I think building off of that like if I were to identify a single song it's Power and Glory by Phil Oaks and it's got like lyrics in it like this country is only as rich as the poorest of the poor only as free as a padlock prison door and I guess for me it's like a pretty good anthem for progressive and leftist politics but outside of that like Wanderer Above the Sea of Fog is definitely my favorite, like, romanticism painting and just kind of shows how small we are when compared to the vastness of nature, and that's okay. We shouldn't feel inadequate. Music is really the only art that I interact with on, like, a regular basis outside of, like, participating in theater um, sometimes. I got really into Owl City. Like, my what speaks to me the most is, like, anything that Owl City has ever produced. Um... Like, unironically, Fireflies was my favorite song for, like, a really, really long time. I don't know. I just think it's cool. It's, like, dreamy and it's, like, fun. It's, like, synthy and it's all upbeat. Brett, do you remember our incredible rendition of that? Yeah, me and... freshman year. <laughs> was it your freshman year? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was homecoming freshman year. Yeah, homecoming homecoming my sophomore year, his freshman year. We, uh, we formed a, a two-man piece called Hula Hooping World Tour, One Night Only. <laughs> and we <laughs> did karaoke <laughs> to Fireflies. We had to... And we told the DJ our name. <laughs> I, did he introduce us with that he stupid did. name? <laughs> God, good, good for him for going along. How many people have you sang, have you karaoke Fireflies with? Because we did it my sophomore year. <laughs> Brett. I I just love that song, so. All right, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Good transition. <laughs> that was an elite so, transition. I'm a pro. I listen to a lot of radio. I know okay. what I'm doing. Um, it's got, this, it's, yeah. it's just kind of hard. Is that why you're getting right up in that mic? I can get more in it. You want me to peek it? I'll yell. Actually, that Don't actually sounds it. really good. Not gonna lie. I, I, I adjusted For the, the listeners out. at home, 
for the listeners at home, James has bought a fancy mic with a stand and everything, so his audio quality is going to be Thank incredible. you for sponsoring us, Yeti. Uh, thanks for sending me the stuff. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real quick, though. Is that illegal to claim that someone else is sponsoring you? I think as you? long as you claim that they didn't sponsor you, I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah, you, you can You can. Just this yeah, podcast yeah, is not sponsored okay. by literally anyone. Yeah, it's okay yeah, as long as you say no JK at the end. Is that does that work for everything, yep. Jeffrey? That works for most crimes, yeah. Oh, uh, non-ironically, I think it would have to be uh, "Stranger in the Alps" by Phoebe Bridgers. Obviously, music. Uh, that album's. I don't think I've that heard album, that one. What genre? It's just like I'd probably say indie folk, okay. um, indie rock, whatever you want to say. Um, but that's, that's been on loop in my head for the last year or so. It's one of those like, examples of music that reminds you that you're not alone, you know? And I think that's been a very helpful reminder, even though I know full well I'm not alone, but it, that's been a nice reminder. And it, 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 it had to be a toss up with, uh, there was a movie I watched a couple months ago. It was called Carol. It came out in like 2015. It's got Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. It's about these, um, Two women that fall in love. Now oh, that's all I'll say because I really think you should watch it. It's a lovely, lovely movie. Great music, great everything. But uh, the filmmaker does things in that movie that almost that remind you how how important little gestures are when you are in that like pre honeymoon phase, like before you've even went out with the person. When they brush your shoulder, when they look at you in a certain way, it was just masterful filmmaking. Yeah, and I'm a person. That, that kind of stuff really resonates with because I'm a very sentimental person, even though I'm not good at communicating that. Um, but yeah, it'd be definitely be a toss up between those two. I'll stop rambling about that. Art's important. No, I think it's like, yeah, I think those little gestures of love are really important, especially right before she never calls you back. I'm sorry, Brett. <laughs> oh, God. I should call her. <laughs> But, but really, I mean, James, I think you bring up a good point. Like, things that make you feel included, that make you feel there, that remind you of the things that you really love. And I'm, I, I don't have a specific song that I can reference, unlike some of us, but I feel like there are so many songs out there that make me feel a certain way and, and make me feel a part of what they're doing. And, and anything that you can connect with like that, whether it's a movie, whether it's music, whether it's a piece of art, anything that is there for you and reminds you of those little things or reminds you of even big things. It's, it's definitely worthwhile. And and that's why I I hate that art is getting less and less important in our society that says to so many people, basically go get a job and die. And, And it's unfortunate that it's going that way. So, so find those, those pieces of art and those things that really make you feel something, anything really. Yeah. I think we've stumbled on kind of a unique new idea here, which is that art brings people together. Unique. I think we might be the first people to ever. Well, there's simply no, there's simply Brett. no way to find out if that's true, Brett. We are the first podcast, so that does make sense. If you can watch slash consume a piece of media, and you can think this happened to my buddy Eric, it's a good piece of media. <laughs> Was that an inside joke? <laughs> no, I mean, you have to have a buddy Eric named Eric first. <laughs> we all have an Eric in our lives. <laughs> okay. 
You gonna hit with another question there? No, I'm gonna sit. We're gonna sit here in silence. Actually, Brett, can you cough for the next hour? So the next question I have, which kind of leans more into the dream side of this, uh, what is a memory you hold dear that reminds you why you love to do what you do? I I guess like for for me at least not to get too too personal or talk about anything too in depth but there there's been a lot of things and I guess this kind of bleeds into into other things we plan on talking about but there's been a lot of things that have pushed me to do what I do today and I think I've had a lot of challenges in my life early in my life and and I think those memories that I have from like my 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 family life and my personal life and things like that have kind of shown me why I love doing what I do and specifically being involved in politics because I want to see people's lives simply be easier to get better so that they can enjoy the things they do they don't have to worry so much because there's there's been a lot of worry and anxiety that I've had to deal with and so those memories really push me to keep doing the things that I love doing which is being involved in politics. Yeah, I think it's it's tough to go back a long way for a memory because I feel like when you're a young person involved with civics, you don't necessarily get a lot of tangible results in high school. Like you're kind of a part of superficial organizations, unfortunately. You can kind of organize in your community. You can do campaign finance. You can make calls. But when I got to college and I finally got to see stuff like getting a Black Lives Matter mural approved for campus or writers in residence where we get to host creative writing workshops with detained youth. I mean, that, that kind of stuff, that just means so much to me because you've made just a small impact in somebody's life. And yeah, it's a it's a small fix, but at least it's something. I'm I, I feel that. But like for for like applying science to people's lives in medicine, like whenever working with like uh, I've worked with patients in the past and have shadowed doctors and like whenever like a person can leave the hospital feeling better than when they came in there, that's like a super positive outcome. Um, and so, like, maybe it's not so much, like, one specific memory, but the idea that I'll be part of other people's memories in that way, I think, really pushes me to, to wanting to do that. Yeah. I think it's important to have those kind of experiences that really cement that you, you're doing what you want to do. I guess that ties back into what we were talking about earlier, just being able to think, like, is this what I want to do? And those reaffirming experiences are always, always valuable. I think for me, um, one specifically that I can think of is it was my freshman year of college. I was stage managing my first show, and we actually, we, it was closing night, and we, we closed it. And uh, there, was, there was a girl, she was very involved in the creation of said show, and uh, she was crying, and I, and I told her, like, like this this was phenomenal. Thank you for blah blah. And I, I, I also shed a few tears and we hugged and I and I all I could think about was, God damn, this means so much to people. And all I could think about was how much it meant to me too to be part of something bigger than myself, and to have that emotional experience with other people and to connect to the text and have this, this is cliche, but this this almost otherworldly experience where you're creating something with that many people. 
It, it, there's no other feeling like it. It, it is so lovely. And on the c- complete opposite side of the spectrum, I remember being on, uh, uh, what was it, two summers ago, I was in a production of Heathers at a Western Reserve Playhouse. And uh, standing on stage, doing the opening number, uh, unfortunately we had to work with uh, tracks for the music, not the end of the world, but um, prone to mishaps and... <laughs> You know, we're minding our own business, doing the opening number, and all we hear is <laughs> this lo- very loud feedback noise. And we're, we're all just freeze. We're like, uh, <laughs> we're like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> um, for some reason, the belt packs on the mics, like something was interacting with that frequency, but uh, reminding me of how unpredictable it is as well, which I think another reason I love what I do so much because you have to be on your feet all of the time. I can't tell if I just talked for a long time or if I feel like I was talking for a long time. So this is this is intermission. I hope you have a great day at work. We'll see you in the car on your way back. Or uh take a little break. Do you wanna do like an we could improvise an intermission song? We'll miss you. Intermission song. It's intermission. Get a drink or go to work. If your boss I don't know where like to. Podcasts. I don't know where to fit in <laughs> with this part. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go grab a snack. Intermission's over now. Welcome back. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, for the second half of the show today, got some more, uh, little more eclectic questions, a little more, uh, all over the place. I'm not, <laughs> for the, li- for the, li- sorry, Jeffrey has his mouth on the bike right now. So and for the listeners sorry. at home, I just got a glimpse into what Jeffrey's dentist goes through. Um, <laughs> that poor, poor person. It's pretty easy for him. <laughs> yeah, he's got, Jeffrey's he's, got, he's got straight teeth. He does. And I wish you'd never make that face again. Okay. <laughs> So our first question is uh, is, this myriad of interesting questions. What art style do you most identify with? This can mean whatever you want it to mean. For me, I did mention romanticism earlier, but I think if I were to just choose something a little bit different, I'd do impressionism. Because I think a lot of people usually put Van Gogh into the impressionist category. And that, for me, that kind of slight distortion of the real world is good because i guess i hate when people go back now and are obsessed with realism and making something look realistic and that's not really what impressionism is meant to capture just for people out there who definitely aren't me that don't know what impressionism is could you give me like the quick i mean could you give them like the quick um i don't i don't know how to give the skinny on impressionism can you give me the thicky what give them the thicky (laughs) I mean, I, I guess the, the most basic thing, it, it can be likened to um, Van Gogh's stroke method, like one of the big things of impressionist art is these really small, <laughs> get your minds out of the game. gutter, the, these very, <laughs> no, the very small tick marks are one piece of impressionism, and then like a big emphasis on like accurate depiction of lighting, and that's really the only thing that they really, really focus on, but I mean, I'm not an expert, there's a ton of stuff that you could kind of qualify it as. I like absurdism. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably like not super surprising at this point. I think the ability to break something down to its component parts and then analyze or make fun of or reconstruct them from there is really valuable. I have a I have a very specific um, art style. I guess I like with what two of us on this call have actually learned this past semester. Um, I actually like prairie style architecture that was developed by Frank Lloyd Wright. It's very in tune with nature. It, the guy who wrote Phantom of the Opera? Yep, that one. Yep, that's the one. You've made this joke two times in your life. You've made it one more <laughs> time before you threaten me. <laughs> it's a funny joke. But I, I like the, the connectedness with nature. I like how if you look up basically any yeah, any Frank Lloyd Wright house, it feels like it belongs there. It's very horizontal. The colors fit. I mean, the prime example is, is Falling Water in Pennsylvania. And so I just, I, I haven't seen a Frank Lloyd Wright house that I have not liked. And it Frank, really, I really like it. Frank Lloyd Wright, if you are listening, your houses are baller. Now, what, I love your in- work on Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> What, what is what is the what is the inside of those houses look like? Is it very like open floor plan? Yeah, he also style? designs the interiors as well, and if I'm not mistaken, he designs the furniture inside too. Yes, Frank Lloyd Wright when he builds, well, I think he's I don't know if he does it for every house he builds, but he designs like clothing, architecture, or clothing, furniture for things to go in the house so it'll fit so well together. Was he the one that designed like dresses for the women to wear inside the house, or is that a different? I think guy? that was a different guy, but I think Frank Lloyd Wright still did that. I don't remember the dude's name. That's a bit of micromanaging. Yeah. All right. Well, Brett's playing sticky notes. Uh, my art style, I think, I'd have to probably say. Without talking about theater again, I'd probably say abstract art. I really like abstract art. I think it means something completely different to everyone based on their life experiences, uh, their experiences with art. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of the piece. There was a, an abstract piece hanging in the Cleveland Museum of Art for the longest time that I don't think is hanging there anymore, sadly. But it just spoke to me. I don't know what it was, but it was it was really nice. Unless you're Jack, if you're Jackson I mean, Pollock, I mean, you're a dick. But like every other like abstract <laughs> art, I like it. I mean, a- abstract art that uses good use of textures too to convey emotions. I really mess with that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Wait, why like, don't we I, like? Why don't we like Jackson Pollock? I just think his paintings look stupid. Oh. I've also made paintings just like that, and I did it in about twenty minutes, so you can eat a dick. All right. Oh, this is a great question. How did we all this meet is- each other? This, this is this is the question oh I am God. looking most forward to. This is the origin zone. This, this, this could be a meaty question. Let's do it. How did we all meet each other? I mean, we already heard part of Jeffrey's first impression of me where he called you Jacques. That, that interaction, not, like, I, I was just so intimidated by Michael. He just, he seemed to have everything figured out. It, he just intimidated me. We, we were just both interested in the student senate, and there was the idea that we might have been running for the same position for our floor, so I was just basically like, yeah, I mean, the best man win for it. I didn't think it was, I just, like, I was 
I was definitely impressed that Jeffrey was yeah. already talking to our RA about the position. Like, I think it was the second day. I don't well, know. it was it was weird because when Michael said "let the best man win," he like cracked his knuckle and like flipped open. <laughs> yeah, <a pocket> exactly. <laughs> he, he, so. he actually chugged a beer right there. Holy shit! <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Underage in front of my yeah, RA. That's, that's how intimidated I was. Yeah. <laughs> and then he won his election. And then he won. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, that ele- that election was that. stolen from Michael. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I met Michael well before any of the other people here, and by other people, I mean the two other people in this call. Uh, I was at my uh, freshman orientation for. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> so my freshman orientation for college, and I, uh, I don't remember what, I don't remember how we started talking, but Michael and I began to talk. I think we sat next to each other. Yeah, we just we just ended yeah. up sitting in the same row, and I think I was talking to the person next to me whose name I could not remember life of me and you must have heard the conversation at some point but it was back when you were thinking of being a political science major mm-hmm. too and we just talked a lot about the west wing and it was a very serious conversation but then we, we quickly learned that we had a similar sense of humor although i was a complete douche when on the moving in day when i think james used his ipad to draw a penis and i was like and i was like hey did you get over that i drew the school? i drew the <laughs> biggest penis on my ipad like the first day that I had it, <laughs> and he showed it to me. Jesus, to answer that question, no, James did not. No, absolutely not. Over to this it day, college. no, I'm it not. It was over a cold it. thing to say. Um, I don't. But, I remember. No, oh, I'll let you. No, if you have something about you and Michael, please continue. No, it was about um. Well, then we just kept talking and became roommates. I don't remember. Uh, Jeffrey, I, I'm, I must admit, earliest memory is when you came and sat down in our dorm room one of the first days we were moved in. Yeah, I think that's because I had already I had already talked a little bit to Michael, and like we were all just trying to get to know each other a little bit better. So we were talking about we, we were talking about video games. We were talking about. I mean, it was a good conversation. But the the first person I actually met um, was was Brett, and this is this is the earliest bond I think out of out of the four of us. Because I had met Brett on an overnight at the college. Um, I was actually, I was doing an overnight with another student, but the other student had known Brett. And Brett at that time was an RA. Um, Woo! <laughs> and I, I, I was with my, um, my liaison person and they, they walked me into the RA office where Brett was on duty. And Brett was not having a good time. I, he was I to say... A very stressed I can't out remember. man. And that's something I really resonate. Yeah, I can't remember why, but it was like one of the worst <laughs> nights of the semester. I think I had like three projects due the next morning for between two or three different labs, uh, and it was it was a rough night. I felt bad that that was Jeffrey's first impression of a student but, here. But after that night, I knew I knew when I got to I knew when I got to college that me and Brett were going to be friends. Yeah, so I was like, I'm going to. And he followed him. me around for so long before I really like, remembered. Like it took me a really long time to remember that it was you. Do you remember? I followed you around. No, no, no. So I said the wrong thing, but like it took me a really long time to remember that you were the person I met on that overnight. Like it took me a good minute to connect those dots. <laughs> I don't remember. Brett, do you? Okay. I was. I mean, I was just gonna say I. I can't remember the first time that I. I, I remember Brett, early. Yeah. I remember early memories of Brett, but I don't remember what the first one was. I remember Emily was still living on the on fourth. And I knew that he was. Yeah, Emily RA. was my neighbor. And I, and I know, yeah, and I know at some point, I think 
I remember at some point I remember playing Jackbox in like those early days with you, and I tested the waters of like bad humor, and it went well. And I took the bait. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember like what my first interaction was at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly like what the first one was between me and James or me and Michael. I know I met. I felt for a long time that I annoyed Michael. Uh, that wasn't true. Because... <laughs> I hate that this. Yeah, I always this is thought the that impression I you. That a lot of people tell me they either say I was intimidated by you, I thought you hated me, and I'm like, do I? Because no, I didn't think you is hated me. Like, like, so like, you were like crispy and businesslike, and I did thought it was annoying because I'm the exact opposite of that. Did you say he was crispy? <laughs> yeah, like everything you did was crisp. That's a that's a good description. That's a I ad- I admired Brett's. Hey babe, you're looking crispy today. Brett always had a briefcase too, or a satchel, <laughs> and I respected the hell yeah. out of that. Bro, Brett's Brett's briefcase was <laughs> it was, was yeah. the thing. Well, I had a lot of crap to carry around. I I can't talk right now. I'm getting crispy for work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the briefcase. Well, because the briefcase used to be my grandpa's actually. Yeah, no, you, and I uh, I, I was briefcase. like carrying that around. Yeah, I love that because it was good vibes. Yeah. But but anyway, here we yeah. all are. Several thousand days later. Something like mm, probably closer hundreds, to a th- closer to a thousand than yeah. several. Yeah. Close. I mean, but anyway, several a lot of movie nights, a lot of game nights. <laughs> so many game nights together, and here we are. Yeah, we've actually we've all begun we've no. all gotten really good at Call of Duty. Actually, the yes, world's okay. best well, game. Maybe except for Michael, but I, I, I'm not, pretty good at this. All right, three I'm of like, us have gotten I'm good like at Call of Duty. It's just like so much rage while I'm being average that I, oh my god, I just, it's. You, you, okay, but you also <laughs> oh, get yeah, put I in do. I get, ridiculous. I get put in lobbies for the average when you're playing with like us. 3.0, yeah. and these guys Sorry. have these crazy Twitch with I was, keyboards. That's because Jeffrey's a monster. I, I was playing Apex. I was playing I Apex not. with Brett last night, and we were in reasonable lobbies the whole time. It's Jeffrey's fault. I want you to know that, Jeffrey. That's whenever we. That's I understand. I I don't know. Okay, first of all, Apex is broken because at least in Call of Duty servers, like we can all compete. It's I think it's li- literally by KD. Well, I have like you've like a not very many. I've played like yeah, four but you games have like a one point six so. KD, so that's why. When, whenever we right, play Apex with Jeffrey, we get <laughs> we get put in ridiculous lobbies. <laughs> All right, um, can we what toppings? What oh, I was gonna ask if we could jump in to do pickup lines, have a place in society. Okay. <clears throat> yes. On oh, to our next question. Okay. <laughs> do pickup trucks have a place <laughs> no. in society? No, they don't. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Do pickup lines have a place in society? Yes. Why? Because they're good. Like, not, like, weird. Like, how else are you supposed to, like, start talking to somebody? You know? You need, like, a... You need to break the ice. You need to get in there and break the ice. My my official conclusion on this is that, number one, bread is wrong. Pickup (laughs) lines are not good. The only good reason to use pickup lines is to, like, talk about them sarcastically or ironically and connect with that person that way. Like, they have to be so bad. No, and you and the person have to equally make this fun silly. Of I disagree. Together. I think pickup lines can work. I think they have a place on services like Tinder when you need a reason. You don't need a reason to start talking. You just need to send a message. But I think that if you use them in real life, that kind of contributes to like the problems of like cat calling and predatory things like that because they're usually not in good I mean, taste. 
Well, I'm not saying you should be creepy They're... with it. I'm not like condoning creepy dating practices. I'm just saying like. Well, I mean, but. But they're inherently creepy. Hey, are you from Tennessee? Like, that's that's the first thing you want. That's the first thing you want to say to a person when you're trying to get to know them. Get cracked at Fortnite. <laughs> that's what you want to start. No, I mean, that's I... a good, that's something good to start. Or you, with. or you. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta go up to go up to a, a pretty a pretty person at the bar and say, "Hey, my friend Jeffrey has a KD of one point six. So you try to set them up with Jeffrey. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's I no. Don't think, well, it's giving me street cred for knowing I, Jeffrey. I, hey, babe, are you good at Call of Duty? I mean, it's because <laughs> if not, I don't want to talk. <laughs> well, because like there's some good pickup lines. Like, are, do you like raisins? How do you feel about a date? Do you like raisins, Scott? I'd like to raise a <laughs> God, child with that's... you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's per- no, but that's perfect though because it breaks the ice. It lets that's her know where your priorities are. How does how does somebody respond to that? Though? How do you continue a conversation? <laughs> Thank you. It's a yes or no question. How do you feel about a date? Yeah, I, oh, well, you have then they're gonna say well, no. Then it didn't like, work. I, did I, it? I think you have to weigh. Is it more awkward just to act like a direct question? about somebody about somebody's life as opposed to a pickup line like i just rather immediately jump into something about them i think if someone tried to like approach me and start a conversation with me like about me that'd be more uncomfortable than just like a joke to break the ice that's a problem that's such a problem though do you believe in love at first sight or should i walk (laughs) by again that's awful (laughs) These are all th- great. No, and then this, this is and then this bad. is what you get. This is the look you get. This is the response. <laughs> so imagine the most stone-faced, stoic <laughs> look you could imagine on somebody else's face, and that's what happens. So I think we've all weighed in here. Let's uh move on to another question. All right. Final conclusion: No. All right. I'll give you guys an option. You guys want to talk about pizza or celebrity crushes? Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What God. toppings do you get on your pizza? Let's start with that. Uh, another smaller pizza. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, that was so mean. Uh, you guys already know the disgusting <laughs> blob of pan pizza that I normally order. Where I do, I do, I do. No, no, no. <laughs> not extra pepperoni. Not extra, extra ooh, cheese. cheese pizza. Extra red sauce. Pan pizza from Domino's with pepperoni. Thank you, Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of our sponsors. The, the best no, Domino's JK, JK. pizza, though, is uh, white sauce, extra cheese, pepperoni, pineapple. Close. <laughs> My order, start with handmade pan, white sauce, normal cheese, cheddar cheese, and black I, olives. I do like that one. I mess with that. It's delicious. Yeah, when you get it, it slaps pretty hard. I just like mushrooms. Yeah, a marginal like degree of healthiness. A, 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 I think... Well, there's a problem with that, though, because if you get too many, then there's not mushroom for anything else. <laughs> Brett. That's the response. See, <laughs> that's right. the response so, uh, kind of stemming off of, of Brett's order. No, wait, Michael has something to say. It's probably best to let it go. I just wanted to get a tally of the number of times that's worked from Brett. Number like, of so times, like, what, like using a pickup line. And it's it's led to something meaningful. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I mean, like James said, it, it's got its place normally on like Tinder. 
uh, where I, I used to be very, I used to be pretty active in like the Tinder community before I gave up on love, but, um, <laughs> listeners at home, you can find Brett on yeah, Tinder. You, well, maybe not where they are. But... <laughs> All right. Um, I think it's, so, it's like um... a handful of times. I think like you shouldn't be like disrespectful. Like there are some that are like gross. I don't think you should be gross about it, but I think like, are you French? Cause I fell for you. I think those are cute. Summing <laughs> off of Brett's pizza order here. Do pineapples belong Jimmy. on pizza? What's your take? Yes. Yes. Undoubtedly. I think it's got to be with white sauce, because I, mm-hmm. I, I oh. just like I can't see. <laughs> Why? What is with the? What is with the? This like awful look. I think. Like I, I just don't. I don't like it at all, generally speaking. But like, I mean, ham and pineapple, I can kind of mess with as a combination. I think for me, I gotta have the classic Hawaiian, like just red sauce. Uh, did they put pepperoni on Hawaiian? I don't remember. It's just the ham. Not just the ham, ham and pineapple. I feel like the Hawaiians I've had are usually a little light on the red yeah. sauce, though. Or maybe it's just the fact that I'm used to double red sauce. I think sometimes <laughs> it does. Feel I think like sometimes it. people use like a like a ranchy white sauce. I think that's I love true. ranchy white sauce. Here's, I have a story about pizza toppings. Yeah. You have the floor. Uh oh, thank you. Um, so I used to work at an undisclosed pizza restaurant <laughs> and every week, every week, uh, this, this customer in my hometown would, would call in and order a small works pizza. And the thing about a small works pizza is that because of like the, the, like there's not enough space to put the toppings. So it all cooks evenly through. And so every week this dude would come in, he'd get a small works pizza. He'd go to his car. He'd like take a bite of it. I don't know why he couldn't wait till he got home and he complained that it was like cold and not cooked all the way through. So we started being like, well, we could put it through twice. And then he'd be like, no, it'd get burnt. So this dude, I don't get a small works pizza is what I'm saying. Get a large or a medium. It's a better deal anyway. If don't you're going to get more than a couple toppings on your pizza, just ask for them to leave it in a little longer. That's it. That's all you got to do. Well, at a lot of places, they can't control that. Because it's on a conveyor oh, belt. At Domino's, you can say you can ask for it. Well done. Yeah, they just put it on the conveyor belt twice. Thank you, Domino's. Um. Oh shoot. You should always get a large pizza anyway. Uh, because you get more square footage of pizza, like, for the money. Retweet. That's just a little, a little life, little life lesson with Papa Brett, for you guys. Go oh, nope. Don't. I love that. <laughs> Papa John's canceled. He's been canceled. No, I'm so not. Brett, I'm not saying that I'm Papa John. I'm well, no, you can I'm... take over the world, Brett. The day of reckoning is coming. I don't coming. want to be the new. The day... All right, well... I've had thirty pizzas in the last twenty days. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with that. <laughs> that was a good, good pizza conversation. Thank you. Very... Thank you very much for joining us for a discussion about our hopes and dreams and how we how we met each other and, and how we eat our pizza. If you liked us, that's awesome. Thank you very much. We have this is the third episode. So we have three other episodes right now. We're currently on most streaming platforms, uh, including Spotify, and you can find us at our homepage at anchor.fm slash HITV podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at HITV podcast. Send us a, a voice message at that anchor address, or you can send us email at HITV pod, HITV podcast at gmail.com. Uh, get in touch with us because we want to hear from you feedback questions if you want advice like we said last week if you don't have like an 80 year old man in your life 
You've got four 20-year-old men here. It's basically the same thing. You can ask us for sage wisdom. <laughs> we also just want to give a huge shout-out to Shelby Miller for uh, mixing up some intro and outro tracks that really capture the spirit of what it's like to be in the void. Um, we're super happy with them, and we love them. So thank you so much, Shelby. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, uh, my handle is at J-X-L-L-I-O-T-T. My name is the Chupacabra. Probably pretty easy to find. I plugged my stuff last episode, so I'm going to encourage our listeners to go back to the last one if they want to follow me. Yep. Listen to all our episodes if you want our Twitter information. Yeah. That's the only way. We've been slowly we've been slowly seeding our mailing addresses across these episodes. <laughs> also, <laughs> you can I, come one, to my house if you listen to, to them Shout all. out to our Romanian listener. We are international now, and we have a listener <laughs> from Romania. Yeah. Thank you, Romania. Yes. We love you. Thank you. Thank you, Romania. You're our second biggest listener. If you are that Romanian listener, please get in touch with us. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah. We don't have anything we can, like, send you or anything, but we'd love to say hey. All right. I think we're good to close out. So I actually had the privilege of closing this weekend's weeks out uh, with our with a quote. This is a quote that I've loved forever. It's by Stephen King. The scariest moment is always just before you start. I think that's fitting with this week's theme of pursuing your dreams. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and take it easy. Bye. You already did it, fuckhead. Who's it? I didn't. I didn't. No one else was doing it, bro. <laughs> we can. We'll fix it. Fred, I think it's you. Who's? Is it? It can't be me. I just did the quote closing. Now you're doing everything. Well, it was also. It was also. Michael did it last week. Someone say bye. Right, do it. I already did. I said bye the fucking week that bye. I read. Brett, do it. Bye. More enthusiastic <laughs> than that. Holy shit. <laughs> bye! Alright, give him a second. Be quiet. Oh, bye! <laughs> <laughs>